The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at theeppodcast.com. You're in the EP Podcast here in Evergreen Park. My name is Chris Lanuti. Hannah joining me via the Podbean Live app. Remember, we're live on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. and also on Friday afternoons at 4 p.m. You want to jump in on that app, go to the eppodcast.com. You'll get prompted if you have a device that you're using that uses apps or just go to the app store on whatever device you prefer. Two big guests on the show today, Mayor James Sexton will be joining us in just a little bit to talk about what May is going to look like around Evergreen Park. And I'm going to ask some questions about what's going on and what might be opening up sooner or later and how we're going to handle all of this as everything's been extended through May. And then we're going to talk to Amy Kazin. She's been down here before with the Unaccompanied Minors, the Madrigal Choir. She's over at Evergreen Park Community High School. They're doing a big event Tuesday here in Evergreen Park. But also I want to ask her, you know, what's going on with these kids? What are they doing for graduation? I got lots of questions. All of that up ahead. Hannah, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. I'm hanging in there. For the first time, I've recorded Mass on a Friday and I don't come out of it angry. Wow. <laughs> People have finally understood. Oh, hey, it was, it was finally, you, finally, don't come. finally the message got across. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I mean, like you just have to light up so many people so many times. But I mean, overall, like I've said, everything has been wonderful, but it was just it was nice. It was nice that like finally for the first time in a long, long time, I went and I did this and I didn't come into the room angry. So now I just get to sit back and have a beer and eat some Cheez-Its. I got a giant bowl of Cheez-Its like Erica's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I haven't eaten all day. And she's like, we're going to have we're going to have dinner soon. I'm like, yeah, but I haven't eaten all day. I've been running around recording things and taking care of podcast stuff and everything like that with my mask on being socially with responsible. Yes. And I was like, I'm going to eat this bowl of Cheez-Its and do the podcast. So that's, that's what the plan is. And mayor yeah, James Sexton is going to be on a little bit. Um, I'm having a founders all day IPA. And hmm. the reason I'm having that is because according to this can, this means I can drink it all day. So that's kind of what my plan is. I want to read you a note as we kick off the show. And she's got like 15 different names here. You know how people like add in like all their last names they've ever had, their middle name, a nickname. They have like the super long name. Okay, so we're just going to go with Colleen. I'm picking one of the names. Nice Irish name. Okay, sent me a message. Sent me a message. And this is from a few weeks ago. And I was reminded of it because she was there today when I was recording the mass over at Most Holy Redeemer, which is going to be really interesting this week. If you are Catholic and you're and you're following the masses that we're putting up on the EP podcast as a service to the community because people can't go into church, it's going to be really neat this week because they're taking the first grade students and they're recording at home the readings, and then they're going to be inserted oh, into cute. the mass. Yeah, it's going to be kind of cute. So they've got like a really neat idea. But here's, here's what Colleen wrote, and this is on the 14th of April. So this is a few few weeks ago, 10 days ago today. Okay, I just want to read this for you. Hello there. Just want to thank you for all you've done to get MHR shareable and broadcasting. I've heard so many community members that are so happy to be able to attend masses together. I was the cantor, and I'm not going to say the mass. I don't want to give away who it is, okay? I was the cantor at one of the masses, and I wanted to introduce myself and thank you in person in church. But after listening to last week's podcast, I realized I should give you, and this is in capital letters, lots of space instead. Nice to quote unquote meet you and thanks again. <laughs> Lots of space. <laughs> Dude, 
no one is going to approach you. Like when you do finally start going back to church, like uh, the pew that you're on is going to be like your own pew. Like no one's going to come near you when it's time to for saying the peace. They're going to kind of back away from you and just kind of show you right. know, the peace fingers, and then they're just going to run away. Like I become, you, you've done build a reputation. I become anti-social, Chris. That's what I am. I'm anti-social, Chris, and. <laughs> I just don't want to be around people. Building relationships, supporting the community, and service. These are the things that Country Financial stands for. They're more than just an office you may pass by as you drive through Evergreen Park. They're neighbors who lend a helping hand and support the fabric of your community, including charitable organizations, sports, financial education, and civic organizations. And since Country is already your neighbor, they want to get together and chat. Call your local country financial representative, Mike Thauer, today at 708-425-1559 to talk about the things that are important to you and how he can help you protect them. Before we get to Mayor Sexton, Amy Kazin joining me on the phone line. She's from Evergreen Park Community High School. You've heard her down here at my nine-foot homemade oak bar before. She has the Madrigal Choir during Christmas. She has the Unaccompanied Minors, which is an a cappella group of high school students that comes down here each and every year and joins us here in the Evergreen Park podcast known as the EP podcast. Amy, how are you doing right now? We're all doing the best that we can. Um, I, I think the hardest part from the teacher's side is just that we really miss seeing the kids. Zoom just isn't the same. No, there's no way. No, I can't imagine it being the same thing. My, my sister teaches for Macaulay and I was just talking to her today and she's like, I am working my butt off. It's insane. Just trying to because the, the way you have to put together lesson plans and then make sure that they're actually doing the work. I mean, what is it like right now? I mean, it, I, are you just super stressed out trying to get all that th- all that done and still being inside of your house? I'm not because I know that everyone is really doing the best that they can, that the students are doing the best that they can to get things done. Um, and we're trying to make sure that we're balancing academic progress, but still giving the kids the opportunity to maintain some sort of social emotional health Um, because we know this is difficult for everyone and especially being a teacher in the arts that's that's what we're there for I mean music helps you heal it helps you get through things like this and so I've switched gears from prepping all of the end of the year concerts and performances to, you know, finding creative ways to make sure that the kids are keeping music in their lives and that it's it's bringing them either joy when it's not there or really just a way to express what they're feeling right now because it's so unusual for everyone. Before we get into, I had a few other questions just to ask you, just, to, you know, how things are going with you and around the school sure. and all the stuff you're doing with the students. But before we get to that, let's get to one of the main reasons that you're on. Uh, Evergreen Park High School is doing a a food drive for the Evergreen Food Bank. Okay, so when is this? What's the deal? What can people do? And and obviously, how do you pull off this in, in the safest way possible? Because you can see it getting crazy real quick. Traditionally, our student government, um, which is sponsored by Mr. English, who's one of our math teachers at the school. Um, traditionally, every spring, student government sponsors a food drive to benefit the village pantry. And it's set up as a class competition. So kids turn in uh, non-perishable food, and then we count how many items per the freshman class, sophomores, juniors, and seniors. And whichever class brings in the most food um, is given a donation toward their student government account or their their class account, which is either used for a way to celebrate the seniors, um, which obviously will be unique and creative. We don't know exactly what that's going to look like yet this year. 
Um, or for the freshmen, sophomores, and juniors, that money can go toward their float decorating and things that they do for homecoming. Um, and so this year, with the need being so great, uh, with so many people out of work, we definitely didn't want to cancel just because we're not in the building. And so we're going to do a drive-through drop-off at the high school on the 99th Street side on that north, the north parking lot. Okay. Um, on Tuesday, April 28th, between 1 and 3 p.m., um, taking non-perishable food. And none of the students will, will be working. It'll be staff members working. It'll be myself and Mr. English and Mr. Sanderson, our principal, will be there, um, as well as a couple other folks that are helping to take the donation. Obviously, we will make sure that, you know, we are masked and gloved, um, and we expect that no one gets out of the car. We'll simply take the donations from folks that are in the car as they drive by. They'll tell us which class that they'd like to allocate their donation to. And if they don't give us a specific one, then we'll just give it to whichever class has the least so far so that we can try and keep the integrity of the competition and, uh, you know, keep that part of the tradition alive. But um, we're really excited about the opportunity to be able to help the Village Pantry again because the need is so much greater this year than it is normally. I go and I film the Catholic Mass over at Most Holy Redeemer. So every week I see Mark Phelan. Now, he's a deacon over at that church, but he's also a board member uh, for the for the Evergreen Park. He's on the village board, and he works over at that food pantry. So I ask him constantly, like, how's it going? Because he's tw- all he's really doing right now is whatever he needs to do board-wise, and he's he goes and does the mass once a week, and otherwise he's over there, and he told me it's crazy. He's like, the amount of people that are showing up and, and we had to come up with a system where they just pull up, they pop the trunk, we put the food in the back, we just pack things up in advance, we're all wearing the mask and the gloves, but he's like, it's incredible the amount of people that we have pulling up to that pantry. And and I asked him, I'm like, are, are you in trouble? He's, no. The, the amazing thing is that people keep having fundraisers and dropping things off, like people in the community knew that we would have this run, and we're really fortunate here in Evergreen. So the things that you're doing, what you guys came up with, it's funny because they haven't had to go out and straight out ask for it, but I know they need it. And it just seems like every time they start to run low, they tell me something big happens. And now Evergreen Park High School is jumping in. And it's a great thing you guys are doing. I'm glad to be a part of it. I know that uh, I had seen our social media folks put actually put out a post a few days ago about three of our senior boys, uh, Kevin O'Toole, Matt Miglieri, and uh, CJ Compare who have actually been over there working and volunteering and helping them sort the food and, and get it ready for distribution too. So that, I've been hearing all of the same things that you have, and I'm, I'm really glad that we'll have the opportunity to help out in this way. Hope that we'll see folks drive through. You're talking about Zooming with your students. Uh, what have you been hearing from them? How are they, how are they holding up during all this? And you know, are they doing anything to try to make the best of it? Or how how's their more the morale and their spirits? It, honestly, it depends on the day and it depends on the situation. All of our kids come from completely different situations. They have different um, households. They have different family relationships. They 
there's so many different things that are happening at home and everybody has challenges that they never had before. Um, so it, it depends on the, the student and it depends on the day, quite frankly. Um, yeah. I, I purposely set up not even a, a, a class content type Zoom, but I'll set up just a chat window for them to be able to talk to each other a couple of times a week. Because again, with what I do, you know, choir and band and things like that are very, very social activities. Yeah. And so when you take that out of the building, now not only are they not making music with one another, but they're not necessarily having the opportunity to interact with people who might not be their closest friends, but feel like part of a second family because they performed with one another. And so I've, I've regularly had kids that have come in um, just to be able to talk to each other. And I, I start my post every day in Google Classroom. I say, here, share good news with me. Give me something good that's happened in the last 24 hours for you. Even if that was the sun was shining for 10 minutes before it started raining or, you know, I tried a new recipe or, oh, I I cleaned out my closet. I mean, it's amazing just the little things that kids are telling me, but it means that they're, they're finding a silver lining somewhere, you know, and that's, and so. I think that's what, I think that's one of the hardest things, Amy. It it really is. It really is. Even just on a personal level, there's days that it's easy to do and there's days that it's really, really challenging, but You know, my own family and my second family that I have and my students and the folks at the school is what keeps me going. And I know that, you know, what I do is important. And I know that, you know, I care about these kids a whole lot. And when I don't hear from them over a period of time, I know that you hear stories about teachers who are hounding kids because they're not getting assignments in, not from our school. But I mean, I I see things on social media all the time. Um, you know, about teachers who are hounding kids about, you know, telling them they're going to fail if they don't do their stuff, whatever. When I don't hear from kids, I get worried. Yeah. Because I worry that something happened in their household. You know, I, I've heard about students who have had parents that were sick and they didn't know if it was the virus or not. I've got kids that are trying to move, change homes in, in this whole mess. I I mean, you know, kids who are taking care of younger siblings or younger extended family members because the adults in the house have to work from home now. There's, there's so many different things. And so that's what keeps me going every day is just being able to check in with them, make sure they're okay, give them something that maybe will help them make lemonade out of the really rotten lemons that we're all dealing with right now. The one thing that I keep thinking of is, you know, look, it's on a smaller level, but I have an, I have an eighth grade girl, okay, my daughter, she's my oldest, and she's like, yes. there, there goes my graduation, there goes my trip to great America, there goes all the stuff I was planning for the last two months and the, all the excitement and all the, all, the, all the pomp and circumstance and the parties and everything, all that's gone, and, and now I'm getting ready to go to high school, and I, I feel like I'm missing out on all the things that would happen over the summers, I got rid of, got going to high school, I don't know what's going to happen, and just like the, the, just like the angst over it, and I also deal with the fact that she sits around and she'll have teachers that'll check on her, and I'm sure you've run into this, Amy. She has teachers that'll check on her, and depending on what her mood is, she's like, oh, it was really nice they talked to me. And another time, she's like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't even care if we have a graduation. Yes. I think it's stupid that we have to, like, you know, if they, if they sit there and go, oh, like, let's all let's all do this, or let's all sing a song together online, or let's all put together a music video. There are times she's into it, and there are times they're like, this is stupid. 
The world is, you know, everything stinks. So why am I doing these extra things? Like, just give me my homework and let me get done with it. And that frustration Uh back and forth. And you kind of have to read these kids now online. Like, do they think this is a good idea or am I making their life worse by asking them to do A, B or C, right? Right. It's, it's, it's really, it's really, really hard. And one of the first things, and actually I, I wrote a, a letter that I let them read because I, I didn't think I could get through it myself without choking up a little bit. Um, on Monday, when we officially found out that everything was closed for the year, you know, one of the first things I said was, you know, it's okay to have some days where you feel like doing all those things. And some days where you just feel like everything stinks and you don't want to do anything. You know, and that's something that they need to hear is that it's okay to feel, you know, they don't have to hide those things. And it's okay if it's different every 10 minutes, let alone every day, you know, that it's, it is, it's okay to feel and they shouldn't be afraid to feel, even if it doesn't feel good sometimes, because it's, it's healthy to experience all those emotions. And all of us are experiencing emotions that we've never experienced in this way before. And that can be really scary, especially for kids. Um, and teenagers. I know that I, I sit there and I look at it and I go, there are adults that are having a hard time with this. And I've had to get after the first couple of weeks of not understanding why my daughter and my son, who's in junior high, were were acting so different because I'm like, come on, guys, this isn't a big deal. We're just sitting at home. And because I'm going through it myself, then I realized to myself like, yeah, but I'm 42 and I've I've dealt with crappy things that happened in my life before. And this is this is the worst thing. And they're dealing with it like at the age at, at this age and the, all the emotions they already have as they're going through these preteen and teen years. And I was just like, you know what? I, I actually walked in. I told them both at separate times, like, you want to yell? That's OK. You want to you want to spout off? I completely get it. Like, I can I mean, because you know what? I it takes a while for us as adults to realize that they're they're dealing with this and they, they don't have the capacity. And sometimes to just understand, like, it's going to get better. Like, we've gone through bad things. Like, think about it. I keep trying to explain to people like we we lived through the horrors of 9-11 and I can only use this as an example, but I can also remember how scary it was the day it happened because I was on the East Coast and then how weird it was for the two weeks following it. And then a month later when we thought they were dropping anthrax from the sky and the uncertainty of those next couple of months. But we all know that life went back to pretty much the way that it was eventually, but they don't know it's going to go back at some point. It might be a long road back. But there will be a day where they're sitting in their backyard playing ball when they're in a year or two with their friends and life will be back to normal. And I don't think they see that light at the end of the tunnel like an adult might see. No, it's it's so hard to be that that long sighted right now. You know, I have their seniors in the department whose last musical was canceled the day it was supposed to happen. We were scheduled to spend last week in New York City performing on the deck of the Intrepid and oh. at St. John's Cathedral in Manhattan. Um, you know, not to mention anything that they would typically be able to experience in May. And so, you know, we feel lost as adults from not being able to give the kids those experiences but i I can't imagine what that feels like particularly for a 17 18 year old kid who's who's graduating high school i get it i get what they're going through now you guys have to figure out what you're going to do for the big thing at the end graduation is there a talk about it right now i mean i know you guys don't can't have a plan yet but i would imagine there's a discussion going on right I'm certain that there are discussions that are going on within the administration right there, right now. Um, I've been in contact with them to say, hey, I'm, I'm more than willing to be part of the conversation and help out in any way I can. Um, but I, I know that, that they're 
checking in with other districts in the area to see what they're doing. Um, we're all looking at creative ways to honor these kids as best we can. Um, there will be a huge social media blitz in May. Um, I'm working on all of the uh, senior slides that we're creating for every single graduate. They're honoring the top 10 right now, um, but there will be a post for every single one of them individually because they certainly deserve that. Um, and that's something that that's very simple that we can do. But that's only the tip of the iceberg. Um, you know, I know that talks are are in the works with the administration right now. And as soon as they think they have a safe um, but special way that we can celebrate these kids, I know that they'll be communicating that to us and to our families. Amy Kaysen is from Evergreen Park High School. She's nice enough to jump on with us. She's been on the show a lot before. It's weird to not have you down here, Amy. I look forward to the time <laughs> when we can sit down here again and uh, bring in uh, a couple of high school kids where I set up a bunch of microphones and they awkwardly look at me like, oh my goodness, I'm going to sing in this guy's basement. This is weird. So I look, <laughs> I look forward to that coming back again. I love that awkwardness and the funniness of it and, and hanging out with your kids. You always bring in like the best kids when they come in here and they sing. So I, I, I picture them in my mind when I think about what they're going through right now. And trust me, I'm thinking about them. I look at the pictures that we have on social media with the kids from Evergreen Park High School who have come over here and been part of the show at different times. And 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 trust me, they're on my they're in my thoughts and I, I feel bad for what they're going through. Tuesday is going to be the food drive. The time again as you go down 99th Street for the drop off, Amy, is when? From one to three PM. Okay. One to three PM Tuesday, Evergreen Park High School. Off the 99th Street entrance there, right there in the parking lot, no contact, pull up, they grab all the food out of the car, and you, you donate it to the Evergreen Park Food Pantry, and it's a it's a great thing that they're doing over there to try to help out people in the area. Well, EP High School is trying to deal with all the craziness that they have to deal with uh, on their own, and they're still thinking about those that are less fortunate. And Amy, I appreciate you coming on this week. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm glad your family is is well, and please continue to stay safe. And thanks for all the help that you're providing the community with communication, because staying connected is harder, but so important right now, and you're a big part of that. So thank you. Does your financial advisor actually take time to listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? Why worry about those things when Tom Walsh is nearby? He's your local Edward Jones financial advisor. He works with you, focusing on what's important to you. He uses an established process to create personalized financial strategy, and he partners with you to help your strategy stay on track. Listen, families in South Chicagoland have been benefiting from Tom's get-to-know-you approach and do-the-right-thing values for over 18 years. Contact my close personal friend and also a fellow Brother Ice alumni, Tom Walsh. He's your local Edward Jones advisor, located in Mount Greenwood, right outside of the EP at 111th and Kedzie, member SIPC. Joining me by phone right now, a special treat, Mayor James Sexton jumps back on the EP podcast. Mr. Mayor, how you holding up? Everything's well, thank you. Very proud of the people in Evergreen Park. They've been uh, abiding by uh, most all of the rules set forth by our governor, and uh, everybody seems to be staying as safe as possible. Yeah, overall, I think things are going pretty good. I mean, every once in a while you see you see a weird straggler. I think the other day I saw like three people walking along down the street that clearly weren't relatives and nobody had a mask on and I just kind of shook my head. I, I think that there's every once in a while you're still wondering how people don't realize 
how serious it is, but I, I would say for the most part, Evergreen Park must be doing a good job because I see the other numbers in other suburbs climbing at a much greater rate. Well, uh, we were, we're around 100 uh, as of last count, which is not good, but uh, but not bad compared to some other places. No, definitely not. So now the governor's talking about the idea that, or well, not really an idea, they're, they're saying that we, we all need to start wearing masks when we're out in public on the 1st of May. And so I think it's just to give everybody enough time instead of just saying, do it right now, get it on the 1st of May. And I'm of the opinion that, unfortunately, it feels like long term, as everything opens up, we're trying to get people used to the idea that we're going to be wearing masks a lot until something comes along that really can knock this thing out, whether it's a cure or it's a vaccine. So, you know, I've seen drastic measures taken in different places around the country. I try to avoid the news now as much as possible because every time I turn on one of these news sites, I just I'm just shocked and in awe and it gets you all frustrated sitting in your house. I could tell from your letter, though, it doesn't seem like Evergreen Park intends to take drastic measures. It's more of a trust between government and the people inside of Evergreen Park. Like, hey, we want you to wear the mask, but I, I don't know. You're not you're not planning on having like the police circling the neighborhood or anything like that, making sure about this. No, everybody's been going along with the program very well so far. So I don't expect we're going to be locking people up. If you lock somebody up and put them in the cell over here, then they're going to bring something else. <laughs> yeah, I thought we were supposed to be distancing. Right. A lot, a lot of things don't make sense. I'm, I go by 7-Eleven on 95th, and it's flooded with people buying lottery tickets. <laughs> I didn't think we were. I didn't think we were supposed to be uh, uh, near each other, but uh, it, we're we're getting along with it. And this mask thing, Chris, may work to my benefit. If you know what I mean. Yeah, you'll be hidden more. Less people walking up telling you about something they want they've been waiting to talk to you about, right? They won't have to look at me either. <laughs> we've been we've been doing a we've been doing a lot of walking and people are crossing the street, uh the crossing the street from the sidewalk we're on. I thought it was no. me. <laughs> no, I actually play it like it's a game. I'll go out for a walk, I'll have like one of my kids with me and I'll be like the the name of the game is avoiding people, and it's kind of, it's almost like you're playing, especially if you end up in, I haven't been inside of a store now for a while, I keep ordering things online, or I'll, I'll, I have a lot, there's a lot of places here in Evergreen that'll do delivery, and you can pull up, let's say, to the CVS, and you can, like, order a lot of essentials without having to get out of your car, there's a lot of little tricks to kind of stay out of the actual shop, but when I do go into one, I feel like I'm playing Pac-Man, like you're just trying to move your way down the down the aisle without having to run into anybody. It, and it's become it's it's the same way when you're out for a walk outside. I'll give Benny's a, a plug. They're delivering now. Are they delivering now? That was something I've been waiting for. OK, I'm excited we, about we that. We had an ordinance. We had an ordinance against it for quite some time, obviously. So kids weren't underage, weren't ordering things and getting deliveries. But they're such a well-run company. Uh, we've given them and a couple other places of food stores the uh, the option to deliver. Another one I want to bring up to you is that how you handled the issue over at the Walmart, you could tell that you made an impact with them. I read today now they're actually even going to one-way aisles in the Evergreen Walmart. Like, they have decided we're not going to have any more problems here in Evergreen Park because you had that thing that popped up over there, and, uh, you know, you pulled the liquor license for a couple of days to get some attention and actually talk to somebody in charge. And it seems like you made quite an impact on a pretty big corporation. Well, sometimes that's the only way you can get attention from somebody up in the ivory tower is to make a, a bold move like that. But two lives were 
through too many over there. So if we got their attention and they're trying to do things better, I'm all for it. That's a good thing. Let's talk a little bit about something that you guys are doing, the the village as a whole. I, I saw it recently on social media, but not everybody might know about it. It looks like there's going to be signs that are being made that people can put out in front of their lawns that support first responders, and I, I know that the signs, I, I believe you you pay a fee to get the sign, the fees going towards uh, the first responders as well. Can you talk a little bit about that? It's a really interesting idea here in Evergreen Park. I could, uh, uh, Chris. The idea came from our recreation department, and they are uh, having signs made up. They'll be available next week um, that honor our first responders are uh, esen- what I'll call essential workers because you always miss somebody when you say first responders, but nurses, uh, grocery store workers, police, fire, street department, on and on. So we'll call them essential workers, and it's just a thank you to them. And then it says EP Strong, and the proceeds and the profits from the sale of those yard signs will go towards buying our essential workers a lunch on a certain shift that they work. So I think it's a great idea. We need to thank those people that are out there working. We need to thank the people that aren't working and see if we couldn't do something nice for them also. Uh, so that uh, that's going to be exciting. It starts next week. I heard the signs are flying off the shelf. So if anybody wants one, they can get in touch with the recreation department and order one. They'll have certain pickup hours at the community center and certain days people could drop their money off and pick up their sign and then put it in their front lawn and support our uh, our essential workers. You know, one of the things I think people miss when it comes to the essential workers, because they're out there and they're they're running around, they're doing this work. They're also the most at risk. You know, I was a I was a nine one one dispatcher for ten years. I would have been an essential worker if I wouldn't have moved on to this and gone back into broadcasting, like I originally started out of college and started this this podcast network. So I I know what it's like when it doesn't matter if there's a blizzard and everybody else can't get down the road. You have to get to where you're going. I would have to get to the dispatch center. I already know dispatchers that have gotten coronavirus. I know one that that I that actually trained me as a 911 dispatcher ended up on a ventilator and they're saying that people on ventilators generally don't make it and he somehow pulled through and but he was on a ventilator for 3 4 days cut off from his family and they were just giving an update once a, a day on Facebook and we were over here hitting you know doing the prayers and 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 hoping that he would pull through and luckily he did but I I know of nurses. I know nurses personally who have caught this already while they're inside of the hospital. They, they're they out there fighting the actual disease, and I think that we kind of forget that because we're like, oh, look at them. They're kind of lucky they get to get out of the house. They're, they're really in harm's way while they're out there, and uh, so I think this is a pretty big deal that we have these signs. Well, we have to keep it to the word essential because you're going to forget somebody, and yes, you're right. When nurses and doctors and, well, everybody, all the essential workers go out, they go to the battlefield every day. Um, and they're doing an outstanding job and just hoping this thing slows down or gets over so that we can regroup and get back to uh, the new normal. The pantry, the village pantry is doing an outstanding job over there. Uh, their numbers have tripled with the number of people they're servicing weekly. 
It's probably about 150 families now. Um, they're doing wonderful. They're all volunteers. And here's a quick note. Our, uh, our high school superintendent, Tom O'Malley, is going to be doing a food drive with his students for our pantry. Uh, that's District 231. And uh, Tom also provided uh, the pantry with some fresh legs. Most of the people that are working in the pantry are tired. Uh, they've been working really hard. Tom provided some students from Evergreen Park High School to help in the pantry. So they're there a couple, three days a week, certainly today, to help people package and pass out the food that the pantry is doing. So our kids in Evergreen are special also. They always seem to step up when you have a problem. So I thank the kids from 231. There are a few business owners that are out there where they can't really deliver anything and they are kind of stuck. You know, I mean, there were, there are a few shops and a few, a few places that aren't essential and they really don't have the ability to deliver food. And so they're, they're essentially shut down and I'm sure they're starting to get a little nervous out there and there becomes this thing. I look, I, I get it. When I, when I look at all sides of the argument, I see some business members and some people that can't go to work and they're like, well, I'm having a hard time paying the bills or I'm in some trouble here. And if we stay shut down forever, you know, I, I don't know how I'm going to survive where you have the other thing of, well, if we all go out and we all start uh, walking around next to each other, this thing is going to explode and blow up and be everywhere. It, it, any, any words, uh, encouragement or what you, you know, any message for them? Because I know that I know there is that little bit of angst out there and, and worry, and even though there's not very much you can do because you, you really, you really just can't open everything up like, like right away. And, and everything we've done would probably be ruined. Right. Exactly. And I think to all the business people and all of our residents, we just have to be patient. We've done so well with this first month and a, and a week of this thing that it's incredible. To ruin all of that by rushing back into this thing isn't the right thing. We'll be strong. All of our businesses will come back because we have that theme, keep the green and evergreen. We will be, as soon as this thing is lifted, flooding to these restaurants, trying to help them. Continue to consider the ones that are doing pickup, a curbside pickup deliveries. Keep them in mind. They will be there for us when this is all over, and we need to help them now. That's Mayor James Sexton. Uh, Mr. Mayor, it's, it is a pleasure every time that you jump on. I was excited that you uh, you wanted to talk today, and the letters when you send them out are helpful. When you send out an email Every week you've been sending out something with, you know, this is what's going on and a little bit of words of encouragement. You might not realize it, but it, it's pretty helpful. I think people are excited when they hear from it because one of the hardest things is we're we're trying to separate ourselves from each other, but then we're not as a species, we're not we're not the kind of people that generally just want to be alone. And that's one of the reasons why the EP podcast has gone live two days a week. So you get you get it three times a week instead of one, just to try to make sure that people can can still talk back and forth with each other and hear what's going on in their area because we're we're not walking around and having all these conversations. But it, I think it's a big deal that you're sending that out, and I really appreciate you jumping on. And and uh, I'm excited. I'm going to go get my sign this week. And and uh, thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Chris. Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is face mine.
Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. And it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. And by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's Basement. Broadcast. Basement. The Nudie's Basement. The Broad Basement. Slancha. The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at the eppodcast.com. Yeah, I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can no more. I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can no more. I got my horses in the back. Horse stack is attacked. Hat is Maddie Black. Got the boots that black to match. Riding on a horse. You can whip your Porsche I've been in the valley You ain't been off off that Porsche Now can't nobody tell me nothing Can't tell me nothing Can't nobody tell me nothing Can't tell me nothing Riding on my tractor Leaning on my bladder Cheated on my baby You can go and ask her My life is a movie Bull riding and booby Cowboy hat from Gucci Wrangler on my booty Can't nobody tell me nothing Can't tell me nothing Can't nobody tell me nothing Tell me nothing I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road I'm gonna ride till I get no more I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road I'm gonna ride till I can no more Ride till I can no more Can't nobody tell me nothing Ride till I can no more Nobody tell me nothing. Ride till I can no more.